Chat, 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 chat. Hey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you good, brother? That's true. What am I, dog? Come on. Uh, good? Yes, sir. Good, coach. Yes, sir. Come it. on. Uh-huh. One of us. Different. It's different, but it's different. special, man. Yeah. At the restaurant last night, I was like, man, I should have paraded him out in front of us. Well, they were shuffling around. We could have got all kinds of good <laughs> free stuff in Las Vegas. Am I with Mr. Pierce? I said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with me. <laughs> Not in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, no, no. It's so crazy, man. I know a majority of the head coaches in the league, they haven't played, like, certainly as a full-time starter. Right. So what you're doing is extremely rare. Man, and I know I speak for all, the, both of them and myself, Team Pivot. We rooting for you like a mother. Yeah, I just want to say that, bro, because I've always been a fan and admired you as a player. But now even more, to root for you, to do well, kill that. Yeah. That's the love you felt for nine weeks. Felt it from the staff. Felt it from the players, importantly. Felt it from the building. Then felt it from Raider Nation. And then that, every once in a while you turn on that tube, and you're like, oh. Damn, okay, here we go. Like, what is this really about to be? You know what I mean? Like, is it more than football? Right. Because that's really is, right? We all use this, this stage as players as a platform. Well, now I'm one of 32. Mm-hmm. And they don't all look like this. They don't talk like this. They don't rock like this. And they didn't do what we did. One of the things I told our players, certain people in this building can't do what we do. We, we can do what they do. They can never be and do what we've done as players, lacing some cleats up, going out there on Sundays, going to war, going to battle for one another, man. So I don't take it lightly. I'm so, like, humbled, to be honest, and, and honored to be in this position. And, like, I, like, more than anything else, more than, like, a player, like, we wanted to win and win the Super Bowl. Like, man, I want to do right, man. Mm-hmm. I want to set the stage for other players to have this opportunity so they don't look at us like, well, because he didn't go to Harvard, Yale, John Cornell, He's not a, a, a Ivy League guy. You know, he wasn't Mr. Ve- Mr. Uh, the president of his school or whatever it may be. Yeah, man, he can lead men. He can move rocks. He can move stones. He can get people to do what they didn't think they can do and make people believe. It really set a culture that you see on Sundays like, damn, that, that's what it's for. That, I want to sign up for that. I want to I be with those dudes. I want to hang out with them in the locker room. But then nobody sees all the work that we do Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. the grind, because yeah. this thing is all fun and games. So, man, I, like, listen, this, this is an opportunity, obviously, of a lifetime to be one of 32, to be a former player, to play at the highest level, to win a Super Bowl, and now to do it as a head coach of an NFL team, especially a team that you grew up rooting for, the Raiders. Come on, man, what are we talking about? Hold up. Limitless. Biggest in the cap, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Biggest in the cap, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Set the table, head coach. Antonio Pierce of the Las Vegas Raiders. I will never get tired of saying that. I'll say it on TV as much as I possibly can. I'll say it walking around, just talking to friends, talking to people who ask me about it. I think you've always been a leader of men. You were basically my first friend in in Washington, spent (laughs) Thanksgivings there. I used to think your dogs were gonna try to eat Logan because she was plump, (laughs) you know. Yeah, the pits. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so for me, it obviously, 
as as much as just the the player thing and seeing one of us do well, like this is truly one of mine. So you know exactly what it is between me and you, man. But welcome to the pivot, Freddie T, Channing. I'm RC. Um, I think the first thing I want to know, and I think that people would be interested in as well, is how does linebacker coach Antonio Pierce in his first year with the Las Vegas Raiders program, his first year as an NFL position coach, become the interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders when Josh McDaniels is let go. Take us through that process. Man, it's probably two years ago when it all started. You know, when I got the phone call from Josh and Dave and Patrick Graham to join them. And what a great opportunity, mm -hmm. right? Grew up in L.A., watched the Raiders in the Coliseum. Damn, that'd be, that's different. Yeah. We're in Vegas, this bad boy rolling, new regime, let's go ahead and get started. And when I walked in that building day one, like everybody else, which I would expect, I checked my ego at the door. Mm. My past didn't matter. I wanted to learn people. I wanted to get to know people. I wanted people to get to know me. I wanted to feel the building, right? So you walk in, to be honest, the first person I run into, Max Crosby. What up, AP? Boom, full injury. Like, Whoa, what is this? I've never felt so much energy in my life from a player out the gate in offseason in February. I'm like, what are you doing here at 6 a.m.? Oh, man, I work out every day. That's what, this is my routine. Damn, that's different. Watch the dude bounce around, watch his routine. Go over there to the cafeteria, you introduce yourself, you go throughout the building. And as time goes on, you really integrate yourself amongst the whole team. Player, staff, front office, held a janitor. You know what I mean? Just kind of get to know everybody. Like, what do you do? What's going on with you? What's up with your life? Just general conversation. And then, you know, as a former player, when things come up during the season, don't matter what side of the ball you're on, guys go to who they're comfortable with talking to. Who can I open up with? Hey, Fred T, I mean, what's going on with you, man? You good? Like, hey, I got this issue going on with, you know, back home. We had those conversations. Then let's fast forward to 2023. We're in West Virginia, about to play the Bills. It's me, Jason Simmons, Devontae Adams, having a conversation on the sideline. <laughs> it's a damn mistake. I don't even know why I asked you. So Tay looked at me and said, do you think any of these coaches can whoop your ass? <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about? Like, we about to play the Bills. Like, what you, like, you mean, like, fighting? He's like, yeah, like, you know. Do they fuck with you? Like, not on that level. Like, no, I don't think they'll even try it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Tay said, I mean, I was looking at you from afar and just wondering, like, if they yelled and talked to Devon, to AP like that, what would he do? I said, well, they, they wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's a respect factor, because I don't do that to anybody else. I don't disrespect, talk down on anybody. I was weak, too. Fast forward, we, we playing the Bears. We're about to play the Bears, and um, we just won a game the week prior. And we're going to the game, it's like, man, we got to win this game. This would be a great opportunity for us to propel ourselves, get three wins in a row. And we're going up against a backup quarterback, old lines banged up, second string running backs in, and we get our ass kicked. I'm like, oh, my God. It was like one of those ass kicks, you're like, oh, this, this is not good, fellas. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not supposed to lose this game like this to this team. Like, right. they were on the bricks of going in one direction. After the game, man, I'm, I'm, I, I did my normal deal, got out of the, the locker room, I'm by the buses, and, and we kind of had, like, a little group set like this, and guys are just talking. Like, man, this... I'm not doing this no more. Mm -hmm. I ain't getting down with how we, how we coach, how we talk to players, how we interact with one another. I'm like, damn, okay. So, I'm, you know, I'm trying to put the fire out. Like, no, man, look, we a team got to stick together. The guy's like, no, man, this, I'm not having fun. I won't play ball no more. Now, I'm talking about some of our star players. Fast forward to October 26th. 
me and Josh McDaniels have a, a meeting around 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning. And he's telling me that he needs to have a team meeting with the team. And he's like, man, we need to, we need to air this bad boy out and, and see what's going on. Because we're playing Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. He says, hey, Pete, I'm going to talk about accountability. I said, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, just, we, need, we need accountability and trust. And I want the players to do the same. I said, ooh, that ain't about to happen. I said, this, that, that, it ain't going down like that. He's like, no, what do you mean? He said, I said, no, because they're in a bad place right now. So we talked about it further. And he, he said, no, you know what? I'm going to go in there. A couple other guys I know got some stuff to say. We're going to hash everything out. Man, we walked in the room. He did exactly what he started off doing. And then that shit blew up. Boom. I said, oh, my God. And I've never heard players talk about coaches like that, about each other like that. So direct, so bluntly honest. It was, it was so neat. It was so much buildup amongst the players that they just had to release it. So Josh had asked, would I speak on behalf of both the coaches? And I said, probably as a former player, because I, I said, I feel what's going on. So I got there, and I kind of just, you know, I did my spiel, man. I just was talking in front of the team, and I could see everybody was like this. I said, oh, shit, I got the eyes. Okay, so I kind of went in. I, hey, man, that's bullshit what you're doing. You can't play like that. You got to play harder, Fred T. Like, what we doing? That's not how we get down. Coaches, we got to call it. We, we work this shit all week during practice. And then we get in the game, we don't want to call it. We got to call that shit. Call it, man. Don't be afraid. That's why we rep it. You get paid to make those plays, Shannon. RC, you get, you get paid to make that check. That's your job. Because mm -hmm. our job as coaches is to put you in position to make those plays. All right. So we had one of those real hard-to-hearts. And then, boom, we in. Man, fast forward four days later, boom, we get our ass kicked again. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> 14.30 national TV. Like, God damn. <laughs> and then you can see it coming, man. And around 4 o'clock that day, I'm actually I'm sitting there working on some stuff, getting ready for the next week, the Giants. And I get a call from Mark Davis. Well, it says, Davis Mark. I'm like, that's a telemarker. <laughs> Put the phone down. I don't know who this is. Well, you know, if the name not saved, Apple just that give shit, you the yeah, name. It just pop up like, with all caps. Yeah, all caps. All caps. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know a Davis Mark. I think it's a bank. Boom, hit me again. Click. The next one come through, and it's, it's from Sandra. But that one, I kind of like, I saw all the, it was so many names, you know. Yeah. Sandra, Morgan, Duggar. Like, okay, cool, I know who this is. Hey, AP, can you come upstairs? Oh, damn. I shouldn't have said nothing in that meeting. <laughs> They're going to fire me. I mean, we call the plays. And we go upstairs, and Mark, you know, says he's going to make a change. And he's like, you know, I've heard from people in the building, outside the building, that you can, you can, get, out, you can get us out of this mess. And I'm going to name you the interim head coach. So I went up there thinking one thing, I'm about to get fired. They hit me with this. So I said, boom. All right, here we go. What's up? <laughs> and we really go into a hour hour and a half conversation about myself, my background, how I got here, who I am, what I believe in, how I see football being played, you know what I mean? And at the end, he's like, yeah, I feel good about this. So what are we doing? He's like, I'll let you know in a little bit. Don't say nothing. So I got to go back downstairs. Shit, okay. So I sit there. We working. You know, Josh gets the call, I guess, at some point from Mark Davis. He lets us know. And um, shit, man, I'm the interim head coach. And it's 12.30 at night on a Tuesday. We got you ready <laughs> in four or five hours. On a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Like, yeah, so I say, uh, hold on. We got to have a staff meeting before this team meeting. News, uh, news got out. Everybody, you know, hit me. I can't respond. So first thing I'm doing, like, okay, what do I do? What do you do, AP? 
So I get with Champ Kelly, who's the interim head, the general GM at the time. And um, like, all right, look, let's get up there. Let's rally the staff. Let's get everybody together. Boom. So we get there at 6 o'clock, tell the staff, look, you know, obviously we made some changes. This is what we're doing. Champ, AP, we run this thing together. Hey, we lock arms. If you don't want to lock arms, go ahead and walk out the door. All the staff said, no, nah, we're good. We lock up. Team meeting, about an hour later, go down there, tell the players exactly what we're about to do. Accountability, trust, passion, poise, pride, play for one another, trust one another, trust the process, believe in one another. More importantly, boys, let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's make football fun again. We work our ass off to celebrate on Sundays and to hear that, those magic words, see you Wednesday. That's what I want to do. The match Crosby says, shit, I want to smoke a cigar. Yeah, cool, we go to the eight lounge and we'll go smoke a cigar after the game. No, in the, in the locker room. Cool, hold that thought. All right, um, <laughs> so we keep going. So then, look, we go out to practice. This November 1st, put the pads on, 15 straight plays, all runs. Bring it back. We did that for an hour. Straight training camp shit. I said, man, we need to get that aggression out. We need to get that anger out. We got to get back to playing physical football, style of football. And I went to all of them. I said, y'all just got to trust what I'm trying to do and trust one another and let's do it together. No more outside noise, though. No more whispers, no more clicks, no more gossip, no more high school shit, man. Let's, let's be grown-ass men in this bad boy. If AP fucks up, my bad, I got it. Shit, you fuck up, call it. That's on me. No. RC, I got you. I'll be better next Cool, that's all I need. We're not going to dwell on the negatives. Positive reinforcement, fellas. Then you know what happened that Sunday, man? We went out there and we rolled. And we rolled, and them dudes played with so much passion, effort, and then just the fun and the smile. I'm like, this shit is what football's about. So that's what it felt like, RC, to go through that whole process and really went off my gut. Did I know it was gonna work? Sort of. <laughs> I believed that it was gonna work, though, more importantly. And I had to make sure everybody in that building believed in that. And that was. That was something that just didn't happen in 24 hours. That was, that was all those conversations that we had for the 22 months that I was a linebacker coach. Yeah. And just the trust that they had in me that they knew I wasn't going to bullshit them. It's black and white. It's not that AP's a tough guy. He ain't AP from the hood. I'm just a real-ass dude, and I try to do right. I just want to do right by right people. You know what I mean? And when you do that, it's, it makes the game simple, and it makes it easier to relate to people. Bro, like, now you're a head coach of an NFL team, and you're like, yeah, well, I'm just right. Bro, it couldn't have been like that. It couldn't have been that easy. What was that pressure? What was that, like, you said, yeah, and I got up and we went to the meeting. It couldn't have been that, bro. I didn't, I didn't feel pressure because I went to my, my human reaction. I went really to my football instincts of what and how I thought the game should be played, how it should be presented to players, how we should talk to one another in the building, the respect factor that was needed. And that was all addressed. And I laid it out very clear, very slow. And I don't really talk for long periods of time. It's almost like sound bites. I get my point, I stick and move. Because we get, we don't want to hear that for long. Guys, right. especially now, man, these dudes got three, four phones, two iPads and a computer. <laughs> They're doing all that while I'm talking and giving a demonstration about goddamn inside zone. You know, like, like, did you hear me? I got you. Bro, you never looked up. But it's on the iPad and everything else. Yeah. So when you say the pressure, no, I wasn't pressured, you know, because like my whole life has been pressure. You know, I made it known. Like, I grew up in inner city, Los Angeles. I grew up with gangbanging was every corner that you walked to go to school. Every color was active. Silver and black was showing up because that was neutral, really, amongst the gangs. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, that was pressure. That was the real shit to get home. <laughs> yeah. To get home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then the cool part about it, you know, most of my friends was like, man, we're just going to play ball. And then that's where football comes into it. So that was always the relief valve. You know what I mean? That was the way that you, and we all know that, that was the way for us to get out. I didn't care about nothing else. Be honest when I was younger, but football. Knew I had to go to school because we had to do that because that's the only way there is on this play football. But I knew what my first love was. And I said it before, football never cheated on me. Mm. It's always there. Whenever I need it, I can just I can go pick up that football. Don't talk back. <laughs> Don't argue with me. You know what I mean? No opinions. No opinion, no emotion. <laughs> Don't get mad. Yeah. So pressure, bro, it's like, it's what you do. It's inside of you. And it's what I always say, like, you know, we've won championships amongst us in here. Like, not everybody's a champion. There you go. Not everybody's a champion. There you go. I, I know, don't but say, that's a, don't that's say a that very, shit. it's a very sensitive subject. It's not sensitive because you make because it Because you've said we've all won championships. I level. mean, we've all played football at some level. Not everybody here has won the championship of our sport. So just when you when you say we've all won championships, AP, you know, I'm gonna knock like, your I've been around you a, lot, a long time. I know you don't really have that <laughs> sensitive bone in your body, right? But just no, for these no. two. No, no, no. We're talking about husband. <laughs> this is, it's crazy that KP has called me now. But no, I won a, a college uh, national championship. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you won it. Something I, it like, felt good then in that moment. Yeah. Look, so I kind of know what so you friend, guys. You, you, gonna, you gonna put me on the island, huh? Hey, bro. You you, you, you on your own right here, champ? High school? Nothing. Pop Warner. Nothing. <laughs> all I have is all state, all SEC, all American. But as a team, I ain't win a goddamn thing. He's won fishing tournaments. But listen, <laughs> <laughs> since, since we, we're talking about pressure, though, AP, most interim coaches don't really succeed. Like, it's rare that you see a guy go from being an interim to actually becoming a guy, yeah. right? You went five and four, and you're, it's just your interim coach campaign. Yeah. And let's call it the honeymoon phase, mm -hmm. right? We understand fans, fan bases, uh, ownership. Like, the pressure kicks in if there is such a thing next year. The expectations, right? Yeah. All coaches want to make the Super Bowl. Every coach, head coaches, assistant coaches, et cetera. What are your realistic expectations for, you know, next season and, 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 and getting the guys together and making sure you guys are successful regardless of? Yeah. And we talked about this a lot during that nine-week period of just, I call it winning stamina. It's hard in this league to, you say wins, I know you're thinking wins and losses. I'm talking about in everything we do, right. how we attack the day, how we walk in the building. What's our mindset? It's a purpose. Like, I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care about your past. None of that shit matters to me. It's like, what, what are we doing now? What are you doing today to help us win whatever it's doing? If it's in OTAs and we just, we can't be out there to be physical, but we're getting the best opportunity we can from a mental standpoint, right? Or, boom, it's, it's phase one, and, and all we're doing is got that 30-minute session where you can just talk about ball. That we're going there with a purpose. Because I told dudes like this real quick. Like, if you don't want to be there, and you got shit going on in your mind, if I don't got you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, then just stay home. Mm. So when you say, how do you start to build that pressure, it's, it's the way you built the culture. Mm. What I know we have now is we got guys that want to be in the building. Right. No need to rush out of there. They're not looking over their shoulder. They're not worried about if I'm checking what time they got there, what time they left. They know they can go in there and get their work done. And I trust that they're going there with a purpose. The honeymoon is over. The honeymoon was over at the first game, to be honest, because that was an emotional win. And then, shit, we did it against the Jets. Okay, then we lost two. Then we got shut out at home. But then we went up and put up and broke a franchise record with 63. Then we beat the Chiefs on Christmas Day. That was pressure. 
Then we had a playoff game that uh, kind of must-win game to get in the playoffs. We didn't do that. Then you got to finish the game the right way because we had nothing to play for. Everybody packed the U-Hauls. So how I set the tone, how I set the culture, what I told these guys the last game before Denver was like, listen, Wednesday, boom, got up there, 7 a.m. Hey, next Wednesday, your checks come. Granted. But if you don't want to be here and you got shit going on and you want to pack, get in the U-Haul, you got flights to the Bahamas or wherever, you cool to leave. Champ, you good? You going to pay them? Yeah, AP, they good. Hey, coaches, hey, if you got something going on, you, you want to be at another organization, hey, you good. Champ, you going to pay them? Cool. But if you sit your ass in this chair, we rolling. And we're going to play this game like we got another game. Because I said, what we do in the first game in 2024 is what everybody's going to see and what they expect from the Raiders going forward. And just go back and watch that Broncos game. Watch how these boys play. Nobody's worrying about being injured. Nobody's worrying about off-season surgeries. See, dudes out there hunting. Dudes was blocking. Dudes was running with intent. Wow. So there's no pressure. There's nothing that we worry about as far as the wins and losses. That's going to take care of itself because you're starting to create a culture where that's the only thing that's accepted. Now, are we going to go undefeated, Freddie? Hell no, I don't know. I don't think so. But how we attack everything and our purpose and everything is going to be that of like, oh, shit. Like, you got to deal with us. When we walk in, when the Raiders walk in, when AP walks in, you're going to feel me. And if I don't feel you, we don't work. And that's simple. And that makes it really easy now as we go forward, putting together a staff and bringing in players. Someone texted to me a couple days ago, and it hit me. So I just said, I decided to save it. And I titled it in my notes, Greatness Fight. It says, do the work every day. You have to do something you don't want to do. Every day, challenge yourself to be uncomfortable, push past apathy and laziness and fear. The battle is between who you are now, who you want to be, and where you want to go. Fight for your greatness today. Mm-hmm. That's a message I think that will resonate with, you know, your guys. Yeah. You know, whether they're watching the show or not, man, I think that's exactly what you were speaking to. Yeah. What I liked about what you said there is, like, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Stepping on toes. Living on the edge, never jumping. Right. With all this that you feel in the room right now, we, we're not undisciplined. We ain't a bunch of like thugs. Black coach, former player, wear earrings, rolling in a low rider. <laughs> I did that shit for 20 years. <laughs> you just now watching. Yeah. But everything you're talking about with greatness, like it's being comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. I'm good with being AP, man. Mm. AP good without being. The head coach. I was good as a linebacker coach. And I was gonna be the best damn linebacker coach I could be. That was my goal. Down to head coach of Las Vegas. My, my job is to be the best Raider coach of all time. That's my goal. Am I gonna get it? I don't know. Fuck, man, I'm striving for it. Yeah. I want players to strive for that. That's what Max talks to me every day about. I wanna be the greatest Raider of all time. Step one. I wanna be a world champion. Step two. I wanna be a Hall of Famer. Step three. I wanna be the greatest of all time. Step four. I want guys like that around me, man. Devontae Adams, same thing. Now, I know, AP, you're talking about the 1% of the one percenters. But fuck, man, what are we striving for? Why are we doing all this work? Why are we doing these push-ups? Why are we sitting here talking about this today? Because you guys want to be the best at what you're doing. There's no difference. So the greatest thing you're talking about, that's point on. You guys share that with me. Oh, yeah. I sent it to you ASAP. But you you sure. talk about Max and, and Devontae, like, the best of the world, that you have to reach, like, once you got the head coaching job or the interim and now the head coach, is there any point you had to pull Max, pull Devontae to the side and reset your position as the head coach now? My position was set on November 1st. Just because we talk and we cool, there's still a chain of command. There's still a level of respect. Ask Tay, no, there's a certain level for effort. I mean, Tay can tell you. 
called him out several times during the season. Before the head coaches? Hell yeah. Hey, you the best, Tay? You the best receiver in the NFL? Hell yeah, AP. Well, then shit, you need to show up this Sunday. Max, you the best DN in football? Well, goddamn, Patrick Mahomes need to fill you every play. So, like, there's no hiding. There's no great. It's not like I go call uh, Malcolm Kuntz out. <laughs> I go call the practice squad. I go, I'm going to the top dogs. I'm going to my guys with the capes on, my superheroes. That's what I call them. Those are my superheroes. Those are the ones that are different makers, right? Those are the ones that change the game. And if you can't address and talk to them first, I wouldn't even be sitting in this position. And that's why I'm sitting in this position, because of the respect that we have for one another and understanding that we were cool. I'm still cool, but I'm the head coach. If you're late, you get a, you get a, you get a nice envelope from the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that pink, that pink. Yeah, that pink you know, with the nice yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, donate to your famous, you know, your best foundation or whatever charity. <laughs> yeah. They know what time it is. But listen, yeah. like, there's, there's a thing about like, and I learned this from one of the uh, gentlemen I worked for, Herm Edwards. He says, "I don't have rules. I have expectations. I have standards, and that doesn't change. And when they do, then you decide to go opposite, and we need to." shake hands and, and kiss babies and move on. So just because the, the tag removed, it was the same thing. They were just going to battle and say, I don't want the tag to be there. Now he's, he's our guy. Yeah. And that's what it was when Mark Davis made the decision. That's our guy. And it's my job to make sure I continue that same level of consistency. And if you know me well enough, you know I'm not going to change. I really don't. Money doesn't change me. Fame doesn't change me. I'm already a success story. But I'm just writing more and more. Like I told our players, like, first thing I did too, should have started at the beginning with this. I gave him a blank sheet of paper. Shit, what you want to write? Because the books is going to keep rolling. The chapters keep rolling. Shit, AP just got a new blank sheet. Start scripting, start writing. Change the page, hit it again. Until I'm in the, I'm in the ground six feet deep, I'm still writing. I know you, you know, different than a lot of other people from the outside. Uh, one of my favorite people, and I know obviously she was your favorite person, was your mom. You mentioned being uncomfortable your mother could make people uncomfortable. <laughs> but if she loved you, you felt that as much as anything. Uh, you're the only child. Um, that was, you know, I've been around you, your best friend. Um, the way you took care of her, the way she took care of you, how much have you thought about her during this process? That's a good one. That's a good one. See, most people ain't gonna know Tat knows that. You know, everybody look at that Christmas day and be like, damn, this dude's looking up in the sky. He's catching his breath. He's relieved. Nah, man, I'm like, damn, where my mom at? Shit, when you're a only child and uh, no brothers, no sisters. <laughs> the motherfucker keep you out of trouble. <laughs> Whoops your ass. Loves you up, you know what I mean? Takes you to practice, gets you up at four in the morning, take you to school, picks you up at 4 p.m., take you to practice. Shit, bro. Yeah, that's a different one. But the good thing, man, Miles is OG. Hell like, yeah. Miles is OG. She was hard, she was tough, but fuck, she loved hard too, man. Yeah. It's probably the only thing in my life that I've ever done something. I'm like, fuck, where's she at? <laughs> and then, uh, what was it, 14 months ago now? She passed away, I'm like, God damn. I got to be one of those lucky people because you <laughs> loved me, she loved me. Yeah, yeah, no, you was in a group, you was in a group. I was in a small circle of, of people. Um, you know, when you get a time to be by yourself, though, and think about 
Like she was here to see so much yeah. you accomplished and she was so proud. And when I think about you saying, you know, where, where she at, it's not because you're trying to figure out where she is now, it's because she was always there. Mm -hmm. After every game, yeah. um, when you coach, you know, for the babies, for sure. Yeah. You know, she loved those grandkids. Did you ever just get a moment, man, where you just was like, fuck, mom, like, this the, this the team yeah. I grew up loving. These were the colors that could keep us safe. And, like, we did it, you know. We are here. Have you ever just got an opportunity to yeah. get to that place with her? Well, it's funny because it was two times. It was um, that October 31st when I got that phone call. I was outside for about, shit, two, three hours. I was waiting on Mark to tell me I got the job. Like, Twitter knew about it before I did, <laughs> like, officially. <laughs> you know, I know he talked about me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I went outside the facility. It's pitch black. Everybody had already left the building. Man, I ain't gonna lie. This is a damn mistake. I go upstairs. I mean, I go outside. I'm looking up fucking shooting stars. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, seriously? Two of them. Cool. And there's one of those moments you like, you know, I ain't the most super religious guy. You know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, but I get it. I know there's there's certain things that just are on that you just can't explain. But it's probably one of those moments I was like, damn, she's she know what time it is. Then they got me tearing up. <laughs> but the highest point of what it was, because, bro, we know you, bro. You was a yeah. dog, undersized, coming out of you, had to go to, you know, transferring college and all that, end up yeah. being a Super Bowl champion, all the shit you've been through. And then the head coaching job, and then getting the thing. Like, yourself and your mom, like, what do you think the highest point is, the highest <clears throat> success, the highest accomplishment is? I think for me, just being able to take care of her, you know, since... 2000, financially, mentally, emotionally, like just to give her everything that she wanted. And really, we wanted. Shit. My apartment is about this size. You know what I mean? This room. Shit, I never lived in a house I got to leave. Tap was, he, he was when I bought my first house in 2003. So when I was able to buy her a house, take care of her, like, you know, we all say take care of mom, don't work, but like, like truly, just, just hang out with the kids, you know what I mean? Traveled to come to the games, come watch me. Had the car dealerships come check that bad boy out. It wasn't really football so much. It was just like seeing her happy. Because it was just it was me and her. You, you get to this point, AP, and, you know, people see this now, right? And to people walking around here, for sure, you're going to be Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> head coach yeah. Antonio Pierce. And they're going to tell pieces of the story. They're going to love to say that you're a Super Bowl champion because that part leads right into, oh, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's a captain. He's supposed to be in this spot. But, you know, you went to JUCO, <laughs> right? You went to Tucson to play for the, for the Wildcats. You were an undrafted free agent. Like, I know better than anybody, if Mike yeah. Barrow doesn't get hurt, maybe you don't get that opportunity in Washington, wow. which gets you the contract in New York. You know, you become a Super Bowl champion. Hell, you was working with me at ESPN, and you was the first one to hit me to RC. Sit in your car. Don't sit in this building. They're going to put you on TV every time they <laughs> see your face around here. Just the entire journey. Yeah. If you go back and talk to 
16-year-old AP. You had a baby at 16? Yeah. Rolling you Stone. You nothing at 16? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, like this. Hey, like this. Target practice. I know he had seven, but I'm like, yeah, damn. Yeah, target 16? practice. Yeah, target you get, practice. You get an opportunity to go talk to 16-year-old Antonio Pierce, who finds out he's going to be a father. I couldn't imagine telling your mom, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, you get, every one of them is always an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, you know what I mean? But you get an opportunity to go tell that kid, man, this, this Antonio Pierce gets into DeLorean, gets to talk to 16-year-old Antonio Pierce, who just became a father, and say, hey, man, hold your head. Like, this story has so many chapters to be written. Yeah. What would you tell him? Man, just keep your head up. One thing about me, man, whatever happens, I just keep rolling. I take the punches. Really, I think I got a unique ability to, to fuck it. I call it fucking mentality. Not an oh, fuck it, I don't care. No, no. I, I'm able to just to move on. I can, whoop, I can close that door, that chapter, and then attack whatever's next. You put something in front of me, I'm going to just attack that. What I would tell that one is, man, just, you know, it, shit, you're going to go through more ups and downs as you can imagine. <laughs> like, financially, personally, family. Shit, your, your friends, you know what I mean? Your enemies. Like, they're going to come in all different shapes and sizes. But just keep going. And I think the one thing about me is that that's what you really get. You get a dude that doesn't blink. I don't flinch. You know, it's not a, you know, people say it's you hard. No, I'm fucking I'm emotional. You just saw it. You just got it out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't talk about that. I don't talk about moms. I leave that alone because it's sensitive. I get, it hurts me still, you know? But you ask me the next question. I can departmentalize, boom, attack that. But I'll tell that kid, though, man, more importantly, like, man, just keep your head up, keep pounding, keep dreaming. Because the damnest thing, I've almost reached all my dreams, man. I got a few more. Got a few more that I want, you know what I mean, that I'm really, really, really searching for. But I don't stop until I get it. And I don't know when it's coming. But I know it's coming. So when you say, how are you prepared? How are you ready for that moment? when I became a Raiders head coach is because I knew it was going to happen at some point. I didn't know when. But when the man gave me the opportunity, shit, I'm going to run with it. And that 16-year-old, he had the same opportunities. He could have went the other way. could have stayed in the streets. could have did the street shit. That was easy. <laughs> that was the easiest thing to do because it was the most comfortable thing to do because that's what everybody was doing. But I wanted to play football. I wanted to go to college. Shit, I was a fuck-up. Let's keep it 100. When I was young, I was, I was rolling. He was rolling. He was in the streets. He was, he was doing all the, all the shit I wasn't supposed to do. Right. But then I'm like, all right, you got a bigger purpose. Then I had my other son. Then I had my daughter. Then I had my daughter. Then I had boys. I'm like, God damn. See, when you're the only child, though, see, Chad, you know, when you're the only child, you like, you start to have fun. He's always telling me this. He was like, man, I want a basketball Ball team. team. <laughs> I was like, Dad, why do you want a basketball yeah, yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. I was shooting for 10. If I didn't get 10, I, yeah. Oh, you thought earlier than that? Yeah, yeah. I figured, because But then, see, this is the key, though. I'm like, they're going to try to whoop my ass when they get older. Yeah. So yeah. I want them young enough so I can still have some, some ish to me. You know what I mean? None of your kids could whoop you right now? Hell no, hell no. You know that. <laughs> you know they can't. They might try, man. They might, you know, the wind. Yeah. You try to give me that move real quick. You got to give them down that first minute. That nine seconds. <laughs> you, you we ain't going after that. You right. know what I mean? But that, that 60 year old man, he, one thing I'll say, he was, he was resilient. Right. You know, that dude, man, like, you know, graduated high school at 17, 
shit, you're one of the top dudes in high school football. You got to go to JUCO because you're too cool for school as yeah. a sophomore. You damn near flunk out of school as a sophomore. Yeah. Then you go to JUCO, you play with Chris McAllister, some other guys. Then you go to college, you know, make some mistakes there as well, get in some trouble. Damn, got another child. Well, here we go. And then you watch the draft, and you're like, God damn, 30 of them? 30 linebackers better than me? God damn. Like, you're too small. I thought I was good. You're too small. Yeah, man. Well, that's back when you know, those two backs and shit, two tight ends, all they was doing is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Shit, 230. I'm like, yeah, that's a good size. Yeah, hell, we'll be a first rounders right now. <laughs> but, you know, then you go to Washington, man, and you go through that thing, and, and you have to earn your right to be on the team. Then you play early as a rookie, and you sit on the bench, and then shit, you know, just sit on the bench, or really the fourth linebacker when RC got there, and another opportunity. So I would just tell that six-year-old man, look, you, you don't know what's going to come. You don't know when your opportunity. That's another example there. When your name's called, are you ready? And the one thing I say about my life, like, when my name's called, my number's called, it's live. If y'all call me right now and say some shit popping, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know where I'm at. I'm your head coach. I might be there. I didn't say I'm coming. <laughs> who I'm coming with, but I'll be there. <laughs> but I'll be there, you know what I mean? So, like, that that's what you know what you get with me. Like, man, this dude's going to be there, man, like, at all at all costs because I didn't grow up with brothers and sisters. So, like, this is my family. The reason you get back in football because that's your family, that locker room. You know what I mean? To be around those good dudes, man, and talk. That's how all this kind of came. That's why I'm sitting here today because the people around me. I'm really just a chameleon and a gift from all the people that's touched my life with my own twist to it, you know what I mean? And, you know, go back to what R.C. said, to be blessed with a mom that fucking was a rock. Yeah. Hard as hell, shit. Carried a 38 on her hip at all times. Live, ready to go. Had a revolver. What, 38? <laughs> rolling, that's what I can tell you, rolling. <laughs> hey, uh, it's real shit now. Like, it's like, it's like yeah. Yeah, she cut on shit. You talking shit? You talking shit? I said, you told me shut the fuck up. <laughs> now you need to talk. All right, well, yeah, 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 this is what we're going to say. Goddamn, she's going to pop me, man. But, you know, it's like you got one of mom like that, but then, you know, she'll love you like no other and be wherever you can, man. So yeah. all that's built, you know, this 16 year All I want to do is make my mom proud, man. Make my mom proud, you know what I mean? There are a couple things there. You, you, that made me, uh, you reminded me of a few things. Uh, tell your mom was tough, like tough as a motherfucker. You spoke about accountability, respect, trust. And then you said you mentioned gray areas. You reminded me of a guy who I played for, RC, played for him for a bit, Coach Tom Coughlin. We yep. talked about TC last night, his coaching style, how he was such a hard ass. Who's the toughest, your mom or Coach or TC? <sighs> yeah. I... See, because you know, you, you know, you... I would say TC, because I, I, I couldn't do nothing to my mama. But I want to whoop TC's ass sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, man, like, but what I love about him, and it's funny, like, you know, he got that five-minute rule. Mm-hmm. So now he don't realize he's on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. This dude calls me every morning at 4 to 4.30. Not, I don't think he has any idea that we're three hours behind. If he does, he, he does not care. He don't care. He don't care. He don't care. He doesn't care. But, you know, the one thing he taught me, man, was just, you know, mental toughness. Um, he always talked about being disciplined, very detailed individual. He didn't waver off of what he believed in. He was very stern. Now, would he adjust? At times. And he did that that one year with us. That's the, I was going to get into that, too, because I'm, uh, your coaching DNA, you know, just hearing you, I'm like, fuck, this is TC, but with a twist yeah. in which what he used, that 07, like once he got there and you guys went 
and, and, and won it in 07, uh, that was what he needed in order to become that sort of coach yep. and to become a, a champion head coach because he was black, white, black, white, no nonsense. No. You, you, you five minutes early, maybe you, you six minutes early, five minutes early, yeah. your ass is late. Yeah. You get one of those, uh, those pretty envelopes from the Jaguars front office, yeah. he find you for any and everything. So, you know, with that, like, he had to adapt to the culture. Which is what it sounds yeah, like. You, your like you talking about? Do you mold your coaching around anybody? Because you you have to see it to do it. Like yeah, Freddie playing playing linebacker. Like I watch Ray and them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. do you uh, do you do you mold your coaching around anybody that you've played under? Yeah, I would say it's it's, it's three gentlemen. It's we talked about it. Tom Coughlin, Marvin Lewis, Steve Spagnuolo. Those are probably the guys that had the most influence in my professional career. Now, there's a, juke, a, a gentleman that coached me in junior college, Lenny Rodriguez. Kind of got, he was, I think he was the first coach to figure me out. We all had that little bit of ish to us. But he's the first coach to say, man, damn, this dude's rough around the edges. But if, with a little love, a little, little care, a little more positive reinforcement, instead of telling me I'm going to fuck up all the time, you'll get the best out of him. Then you get with Marvin in 2002 when I'm with him just for one year, the ultimate puppet master. He can manage a room. He can manage personalities, conflict. He can dissolve things so quickly and did it in such a, a manner where you knew he was doing it and you couldn't fight it. You're like, I don't want to change. I don't want you to. He just kind of like, like slowly just kind of place you there. Right. How the hell did I? <laughs> Boom, put you there. <laughs> and then you get the coffin, like we were just saying, and just to me, man, serious attention to details like no other, man. Like it, it's real. Like, just the, the fine-tune, the, I did it. No, go back. One more time. Just keep over it, over and, and the message doesn't change. You know what I mean? It's, it's clear. It's clarity. It's communicated. You know exactly what the process is, the protocol is. You know what it takes to win. What he was able to do in that 07 year, really draw out, especially those last eight weeks of how to get to the, the mountaintop. Right. How are we gonna beat the Patriots? He drew it out like no other. It was beautiful. It was a masterpiece. His best. I mean, I know he'll say some other one. To me, that was the best because what he was dealing with going into that season with all the personalities we had on our team. And you put Spags in there, man, and, and the most sound little mad scientist. Such about faith and foundation and groundwork, humbled, feet to the ground over-communicating with the main guys to get what we needed to get done, to instill the belief in us when we didn't have belief in him, to stay true to who he was when we gave up 80 points over 1,000 yards mm -hmm. in the first two games that year, to bring us back in and reel us in, and then to be a guy that you notice that when you're on the sideline, the coaches, they, they got their own way about doing things. And you say, no, man, we got to do it like this. If we do it like this, I'm going to hit him. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. And that's what the Super Bowl was. And it was like, damn, that was the first time, too, like a coach allowed a player in a big game to change something. Most of them be like, no, nah, man, we, we doing this. Like, no, nah, no, nah, listen, he 58 the mic. We're going to 55. We're rolling this bad boy from east to west, west to east. Damn. But he did a great job of the year just keeping us grounded with our foundation. In New York City, Strahan, myself, Black, Shockey, these personalities like no other but keeping us all grounded and all on one task. That, that's kind of what made and morphed me into a coach and made me the guy that I am today. I have all of that in me, 
But more importantly, I have myself and I stay true to my roots. But those people all helped me out throughout this process. Well, Tad, during the season, me and Josh had a conversation that if you got the head job, I'd get you something made. So Al Davis had one of these joints Ooh. back in the day. <laughs> and so and so I got this made for you, oh, Tad. Man, oh, man. This is a gift from your boy, man. They got that leather on. You know what I mean? Inside, I got Antonio Pierce, man. Is this from the Ryan Clark collection? Yeah, man, it's for you, bro, my dog. On, Congratulations, bro. Let's see, let's oh, see. Oh, you look better in the Ryan. You got the leather joint, man. Oh, put the, yeah, put the joint down. How we looking, baby? How we looking? Yes, sir. Come on. Congrats, my dog. I love you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. So I just wanted to, bro. Hey, I wanted to get into awesome. you. Yeah, man. Yes, wow. Come on, I'm about to walk around the strip like this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, man. Yeah, so. Oh, that was exactly that. Come on, man. He got leather on. He got leather on. He got leather on. He got the best part about Ryan. Ryan knows this, right? So, you know, what Cali dudes, what, what they all look like? You know, they wear white tees. This is now we in 2000 Dickies, right? So, 2004. I don't know, was it Redskin Defensive Player of the Year or mm -hmm. MVP of the team or something? So, I'm like, damn, like, man, you got to wear a suit. Shit, I ain't got no suit. I don't know, I don't know that, you know. I got my frat boy over here. I said, Tat, you gotta come meet me at the mall. He's like, what, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know how to get the suit. I don't know how to put this thing together. You know, he all pretty and dressed in the park. Yeah, yeah. He come and suited me, booted me, man. My first, my first suit, Ryan Clark put together for me, man. Yeah, man. We were... Now I didn't put a tie on. I had a goddamn butterfly down. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we went to the, we went to Tyson's. Yeah, Tyson's we went corner. Tyson's man. in Virginia. Um, but I wanted to give you that before I got into this part of it, you know. Like, everything's great, man. You know, you're running off the field after the Denver game. AP, AP, right? Everybody, you know, they always say the, the favorite player of every team is the backup quarterback, <laughs> right? When you take over as the interim head coach for a coach that wasn't doing a good job, whether it be bringing in the players and embracing them in those relationships or just simply winning football games, the guy who's able to do those things becomes the favorite of the organization, the favorite of the fans. You've done all that. Now it's your job. So you're moving forward into the true Antonio Pierce tenure and regime as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. The team wasn't perfect. Many would say to win five of those nine games was actually overachieving because you have to win with the quarterback. You had rookie Aiden O'Connell, who I thought did a great job. He did what he was asked. Yeah. But I also know I watched the difference. I watched Josh Jacobs not get the ball and not get yards and then get the ball and get yards. I watched a team play def differently defensively. So now going forward, right, you're in a situation it's going to be hard to draft a quarterback. Why? Because where you are, there isn't the top three quarterbacks. My favorite quarterback, Jaden Daniels, who was at Arizona State with Jordan, who you recruited, he going to be gone by the time y'all pick. Drake May's going to be gone. Caleb Williams is going to be gone. And you know new head coaches are normally tied to what you could do at that position. Tell me how the Las Vegas Raiders move forward and win from this point on. Well, I'm going to address that last thing you said. You said hard. We just spoke for almost for 45 minutes. I didn't tell you how hard my life is. You know, <laughs> I didn't tell you how impossible everything is. So never say never. Yep. That's one. Uh, what does it look like going forward, Tat? To be honest with you, it's it's what you saw, man. It's physicality. I believe it is in, in football, and I don't care. I get it. You throw. It's a throwing league. We're going to throw the rock. We'll pass it. No problem. But the way we play, there's a few things I asked our, our staff and our team and organization. I want this is what I wanted. 
I want it to look right, sound right, and smell right. So if we're sitting here talking and you close your eyes and you can just hear, cool. Man, these dudes are talking some good ball. If you open your eyes and close your ears and you watch it, you can probably hear it through your eyes. And if you do both, you close and you block your ears and you smell it, shit, that's good home cooking. It's like when you're in your mama's crib, right? Mama's house. That's our recipe. That ain't gonna change. Our physicality, you talked about Josh Jacobs, the ability to run the same plays, get zero to, to, to minus yards, to then getting positive yards. Where, where, why, what changed? There's, like you always say, it goes to one, probably one person at the time. It's the head coach and the message that he's spread to his team. It's the belief. You're not allowed to get tackled by that linebacker. That's not happened. There is no, remember I told you about rules and expectations? The expectations that when we call a run play, we're looking for positive yards, Josh. Tay, when we throw you the ball, we expect you to catch that 50-50 football. Mm-hmm. Max Crosby, Robert Splay. Those messages are not changing with our team. The wild card is the quarterback. What are we going to do? Well, we got to put a plan together. There's quarterbacks there. There's ways to get it. Everybody has a price. There's always a price. There's always something that people are willing like, ooh, you giving me that for this? You can create a little, little doubt there, a little like hmm. interest as far as if they want to make that move. Well, what if it's not the draft? All right, well, you got to go through free agency. Let's go worst case scenario, which is off what you're going off of. We're with Aiden O'Connell. We won five games with him. What happens if we give this kid a whole offseason like we give him the head coach an opportunity to grow and learn? Because he played his ass off the last five games. Absolutely did. He played better than a lot of guys that got drafted in rounds one, two, and three. For the most part. You can say, oh, it was against this. It's still the National Football League. Yep. The kid scored 63 points. The kid went through multiple games without turning the ball over. And, too, after getting shut out, he rebounded as well. That tells you what. the team and the quarterback. Just a response, resilience, right? Mental toughness, not blinking. Went in there. I wasn't going to make a quarterback change. Just because Minnesota did it don't mean I had to do it. If I sit there and say, Fred T, you my back, and because you have a bad game, I flip you, flip out and put another running back in, what does that say about me? My word is not my bond. When I say if you my starting linebacker because you missed a couple tackles, I fucking I, I, I pull out on you. That's not right. We're all allowed to have bad days. Shit, AP had some bad days. But that's what I think. The difference about this team going forward is not going to change because we're just getting started. We believe in one another. There's accountability. There's trust. We got dudes that want to work. We're in February. We got 15 to 20 players in the building still. We got coaches that want to sit in every interview of offensive coordinators that we're interviewing. We got guys that are bought in. They're going to do whatever it takes to win. So what does it look like going forward? The, the show in Ponytail, like I said, was over yeah. that, that first game. When you say what... Most interim head coaches, week one, I get it. Week two, you get it. Week three. In week nine, it's the same shit. If it's the same shit for nine weeks, what are we saying? There are some guys that have been for the organizations for four or five years and didn't do the same thing for nine straight weeks of how they played, how it looked, the effort, the passion, the love, the pride, the poise, playing for one another. Wins or losses, okay, I get it. But how we made it look was the same each and every week. You asked me that earlier. Winning consistency, winning stamina, doing it over and over and again and not being tired of doing it. We're chasing the ultimate goal. There's going to be one winner and 31 losers this year. I don't care that these two teams are in there. One's going to win. All the rest of us are losers. Hell yeah. That happens every year. Yep. And we're going to chase that until we can be the one team that's holding Lombardi. So here's what's different, right? You went from linebacker coach in two seasons here to interim head coach and now the head coach. Mm-hmm. You get to hire people and you got to interview people. This has been a very interesting hiring cycle for sure and 
at one point, I was like, oh, okay, the Raiders got Cliff Kingsbury. That's gonna, that is going to be their offensive coordinator. Then I go to sleep, and I wake up, <laughs> and I'm like, well, they ain't got Cliff no more. <laughs> How does news just break before certain conversations are had? Or how does that whole process work? For you, it has to be difficult as well because you are working to build the staff. You're having to ask, can you speak to certain coaches? But you feel like you've got one piece and now all of a sudden that piece goes away. Yeah, well, National Football League, NFL, not for long. <laughs> so you're right. I thought we had a guy, but not for long. Hold on. So you put pen to paper, man. That's the one thing I learned. I, no different than us in free agency, right? Got you. Teams are recruiting you. Things are going on. Listen, Mac Johnson's pretty good. I guess he can still. I think he can still dish it out a little bit. <laughs> if I'm losing the magic, I'm okay with that, right? And then at the end of the day, listen, man. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. That's fine. The good thing about that process, what you talked about, Ryan, is that we interviewed 11 candidates, all different type of coaches and different styles. Damn, what's AP doing? I wanted to gain knowledge. You got one opportunity to get this right the first time. If you're fortunate, you get a second time. But I want to hear all the different philosophies from offensive coordinators, their teaching methods, their process, how they get along, what's culture like to them? How do they get along with each other? How do they adjust? What happens when we got adversity? And I tell you, I don't want to see you throw the ball again until I tell you. How do you respond? <laughs> right. Offensive coordinator, they don't hear that. But that happened. That was a real story. How do you respond to that? Not only what is I in there, I had eight of our other assistant coaches in there to go through the process with me. That's also professional development, which we don't do. Coaches have to be coached, just like players have to be coached. Does that make sense? We, there's levels of development. And for me, the interesting part of this whole process is that don't get caught in an emotional wave or get caught with mm -hmm. what you read on the news, social media. They're not going to dictate to what and how we make decisions. But what I did get a better understanding of is that always have a backup plan. And be prepared if it doesn't, your plan A doesn't go and fall, and it happens to fall through. And that happened to be the case. But plan B and C wasn't bad either now. Mm -hmm. Had really great options. Had some great men come in there and talk to us. The best and the most important part about that whole process for me was there was people that was reaching out. I'm talking about very highly qualified individuals. And I felt honored that they wanted to work for the Raiders and AP. That also let us know that we're going in the right direction. Because if this was a shit show or a circus, don't want to be a part of it. Right. But we got people that want to be a part of it. And I wanted somebody that wanted to be next to myself, Patrick Graham, Tom McMahon. Like, look, it's the four horsemen and whatever quarterback we go with, we're going out there, we're whooping ass. But the style of play is important to me. You can still throw the ball and be physical. Yeah. How's that? But fuck, if I throw a receiver screen or now, somebody got a block. You can whoop that corner's ass. If we throw the ball, there's five linemen or seven blockers, six, seven blockers. They can still whoop ass up front to get this guy time. But then when you get to that third and fourth quarter and you say, pound him, that mentality got to kick in. That mentality starts with me. I don't need an offensive coordinator for that. Shit, Mark Davis, at one point, we were talking about me calling the plays last year. I said, you know, I'm getting, God, we're going to get some wishbone or something. <laughs> Triple I formation. I just That's a goal, goal, goal line all but, the way down. Yeah, but when I say those, there won't be no fair dodging. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, nah, you know what it is. When you see the fullback trying in the game, you know what time it is. It's hammer time. It's mano y mano. But we're building that culture now, RC, and I don't need OC to do that for me. I got this shit. I got this. 
I just need you to manage the game. Go ahead and go through it and call the game the way we said we was going to call it, strategically and with the game plan and stay on script. And if we need to adjust, let's be able to adjust. And that goes for all our coordinators. And they have pure freedom to call whatever they want to call, as long as it stays within the game plan. Bro, you, you said the process twice, the process of, like, that acquisition from being a linebacker coach. Hey, bro, you got to hit this post. You got to, you know, get over top on the, on the zone play. To, to that managing a roster, managing, you know, managing a team, putting 53 together and all that, what is that like? Because we, we all know X's and O's. We can all mm -hmm. set up cover four. We can all run a zone blitz and, you know, wall flat, wall flat, hook three. But to getting to the point, bro, of like that you have to be in control of 53 players and know that they have to carry you and play and all that, like, and that's just happening this year. That what you kept saying, like, the process of it? Like, how much control do you have and how hard is that? Well, the one thing I know, you got all of it. Everything falls on you from the timeouts, substitutions, to play design, to when the play is called. All that falls on you. Even though I gave the guy upstairs the full control to hit the green, to hit the button, to talk to the quarterback or the Mike linebacker. The interesting part about all that is, you know, just in my past, I've been fortunate to have other business adventures and opportunities. Ryan knows because I, I coached and recruited at Sunday ASU where I managed a roster that was a little bit bigger, 85, plus a walk-on, over 120, and did that throughout from A through Z. But more importantly, I think it's get, sitting back and saying, what's the big picture? What do we want it to look like, you know, each and every week? And that changes, right? There's always got to be different ways of how you win games and how you strategically go out and, and game plan. So for me, managing the game is also managing the people. It's also managing your coordinators because the biggest fight now you get into is the special teams coach. I don't want six wide receivers because five and six don't play special teams. They ain't no good. I want, I want the fourth and fifth linebacker or the fourth and sixth uh, corner of safety. So now you're managing those people. But when I think when you look at it, you say, okay, what does it take to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? And that's my job. Along with the coordinators that we say collectively, we do this and we go through it and we come up with a plan on Monday, Tuesday, we present it. What we go through Wednesday, that's what we're rolling with. And if we need to make adjustments, we will. But this is the one thing I'm going to keep going back to. If you believe in your process and you believe in the way that you've gone throughout throughout the week and you have the ability to adjust and you understand that you're going to have to make subtle um, adjustments and movements throughout the game, you can live with it. I can live with my decisions. If I go in there, I'm just playing craps and I'm just rolling the dice and I don't know what number about the hit. That's totally different. But it's not that kind of crapshoot. And I think I'll say this, Jay, like, being part of a winning team and a winning organization prior, when I was a player, I know what it looks like. I know how it's supposed to operate. I go back to what we talked about with TC. I've seen this man manage an entire building, not just the staff and the coaches, but he ran a building. And that's one of my number one mentors. So when I have a question before we even get there and what I'm going to do this whole offseason, I'm back to school. AP got to learn. If he don't know, I'm okay. Well, shit, I, I know everybody sit there and say they got all the answers. Like he's saying, there's only one winner. I guess he's the one that had it all right. We always ask our guests their biggest pivot. You know, that one moment uh, that you can look back on and that'll define, you know, the person that's sitting here today. What's your biggest pivot? Probably when I was a teenager and didn't go out one night. It went bad for others. And if I would have made that move, I wouldn't be sitting here today. It's one of those decisions you decide to make where you say, well, I'm, I'm going to stay in the house. <laughs> Ain't going out tonight. Not rolling tonight. And um, that's my, that was my biggest blessing. Mm -hmm. Last one. Um, 
Here we are in Vegas, location for Super Bowl 58. That that one five, that Patrick Mahomes, it's a bad man. <laughs> you just whooped his ass. Yeah, we did, but we're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna have to mimic that one. <laughs> but man, listen, I, in that game, even the game where we whooped his ass, like you sitting here watching him put his cape on, and like, oh my God, he's willing them to come back and almost win this game or try to win this game, like by himself. Went against Tom Brady, went against some of these other quarterbacks. This dude's special, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's special. It's watching it ground level is even more special. You told me an interesting story uh, on Thanksgiving about your process of getting an entire organization to buy into your vision. Because people think it's just about the players and football. Take me through quickly the different levels of meetings and the different or uh, pieces of the organization you met with to get everybody to understand that Antonio Pierce was the leader this team needed. Started with the coaches at 6 a.m., players at 7, and then went through the entire department on the first level. Kitchen, janitors, strength staff, medical staff, training room, equipment, followed back up, second floor, entire personnel department, third floor, Got with Sandra uh, Douglas Morgan, our president, and asked her, could she get everybody in the business department into the team room? Holds about 250 plus. She said, AP, give me about 45 minutes. So me and Jack Kelly, as we're going through, she texts us, we're ready. Didn't know what to expect. Came through the back door, she introduced us. They all cool, clap. Now, I, I've never really talked to all these people. Now, this business, this is legal counsel, this is like, Everybody, I'm like, I'm looking around, I'm like, we're gonna know half these people. Not even half, I don't know, 90% of them. And I get up there and I just, I kind of do my deal, man. And I just told them what I believed in, who I was, what I like to see the building do. You know, when we walk down the halls, for us not to, both of us wearing that patch and that shield of the Raiders, not to speak to one another, not to ask how we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, not to care. The business side affects the football side and vice versa. No different than legal, right? Every department. So I said, man, listen, <clears throat> where I've been, not just in sports, but when the building is all bought in and everybody believes and everybody's coming to work with a purpose, and they do it with a smile, they leave their egos, they leave their problems at the front door and for 8, 12, 15 hours for some of us, we got one goal, and that goal is to make the Raiders the best organization that we can. That's all I'm asking. I said, you're going to get the best out of me, I expect the best out of you. I can't do your job, you can't do mine. Stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine but be the best at your job. I'm gonna try to be the best at my job. And if I have a bad day, I'm hoping that you pick me up. And if I have a great day, I hope you can even lift me up higher and I'll bring you with me, vice versa. So we had that spill and we hit that within probably three or four hours. And when I walked out of there, I'm pretty good with technology. I get on my email, just kind of going through. God damn. Wow, motivated, ready to go. What do I need to do? What can I do? What can I do to help the Raiders win? What more do you need? Hey, we roll. I don't know yet, but I'm holding that thought. <laughs> I don't know I yet, get but I'm I'll get right back to you, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're in 24 hours, but that's kind of how it was, man. And, and once they did it, now, like I said, I go back to that first game, the amount of people that I saw on the sidelines, that was in the locker room, that was congratulating us and excited about what had, what had happened and took place. Um, that's what I knew, like, okay, this is real. Like, we, they, everybody's bought in. Yeah, I love that. I think you have accomplished a ton. 
and you said that you know it's not over. You're gonna keep, you're gonna keep going. What would bringing another championship to a historically and traditionally great organization, one of the most recognizable logos Just in the Just history win, of sports. Just win. What would bringing a championship and bringing that sort of level of accomplishment back to the Las Vegas Raiders mean for you, but also for the entire organization. It goes back to being dealt a hand that wasn't quite full. Then, okay, now I'm putting your own pieces in place, built into your identity, your culture, your personality. The reflection of the organization going forward is that of me, from how we play, how we act, how we conduct ourselves, and more importantly, how we produce and we win on the field. And I don't know this, and I, I got to get this one. How many former players who have won a Super Bowl have won it as a coach? Mm. I don't know. It's three. It might just, it might be one or none. Yeah. It's where I'm going. And that would be different. Because really, I got the job no different. I got the job as a professional player. Mm. I wasn't chosen. Right. I was undrafted. I wasn't the first choice. I was the second choice as the head coach because I was the interim. Right? That, I'm sure, hasn't been done before. But what I know it will do for me is, is it will go full circle. Because as a player, you have an impact on the grass. As a coach, you have an impact on the organization, the fan base, and the whole scope of the Las Vegas Raiders and Raiders Nation. What I know it will do for this organization and Mark Davis, I'm not, I don't need my dad's shadow anymore. And I told him that's what I'm shooting for. You know, John Madden, Art Shell, Tom Flores, those gentlemen. That's what I'm chasing as well. Hall of Famers, guys that have won. And I think the most unique part would be is doing it in the sports mecca of the world now. Vegas is, is that now. I mean, the show is here. And like I told our guys, we need to become the greatest show that everybody wants to come to Vegas and watch. Not the Usher residents, which is really good. <laughs> they need to come watch us at the Legion Stadium. <laughs> and that's what I want to see, man. I, that's the product, Tad, that I really want to see, man. And listen, when you touch that Lombardi, and I did, and had opportunity years ago now, as a player, it's different now as a coach, man. Yeah. That, that's different. That's, that's what we're all chasing, man. That's, that's all I'm chasing. That's all I'm chasing. AP, what do I do if we go to the Usher residence and he starts rubbing on my wife? How many drinks you had? <laughs> <laughs> and I let it go, because I let it go, but I grab it real quick, like, get your ass no, here, go get, hey, get that little hip, grab get that, that hip. hip. <laughs> you can't let me get both hips. You can't get both of you. I got that right hip. You got that left hip. Well, I like to do my research. There's been four coaches. Four coaches. That one? Tom Flores, Mike Dicker, uh, Tony Dungy, Doug Peterson, according to Google. Okay. Why got we come number five? This is it, man. Do we get do we get one before we leave, or is it only when you win do we get a? Tad, we winning. I'm, I'm, I won when I know I'm on pivot. <laughs> like when this whole thing started, I'm like, you doing what? What's the new show? I'm lost. Like I'm going on down watching. Like wow, this is pretty big. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, you got you got Jalen. You got this person. You got, oh my God, you got Shaq. You got. I'm 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 like, I'm privileged. Like this is. <laughs> 
This is amazing. Like when he, I was like, I was more excited about what they was gonna do it. I could have got it. We could have did this last night when we were really feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been a lot longer. But I'm gonna give the people what they want. So you got now y'all gotta do it with me though. I'm ready. So I started and you kind of catching at the very end. Fred, you good? I know it's hard. For some of us, it's hard. I know. But all right, here we go. Let's do it. Raiders! <laughs> 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 I need some cigars to smoke these bad boys, man. Talk about shit. Yes, sir, man. Sure, Love, baby. Appreciate you. I love you, bro. Hey, I get that licensing deal, bro. That's that's hard. No, no, it's hard, man. No, that's the RC hard, collection needs that's a licensing that's deal. That's a one of one, man. We ain't making yeah, no one more of those, dog. That's beautiful. I'm going to stun on like this. Yeah, we ain't making no more of those. That's just you, bro. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.